Probably used as a line shack by punchers who rode for whatever spread controlled this range. Off to one side was a pole corral where three horses milled around nervously. They were so spooked they would probably bust down one side of the corral and run off pretty soon. Frank wasn't worried about the horses. They were far enough away from the fire so that they weren't in danger from the flames, and if they got loose they would go back where they came from, in all likelihood the ranch headquarters. He was more concerned with the two bodies sprawled motionless in front of the cabin door. Three horses, two men, he thought. The third man was unaccounted for, but the smell in the air that put Frank's teeth on edge told him where that armory was. It was the smell of burning flesh. The third man was still in the cabin. The fire was burning so fiercely that Frank knew there was nothing he could do for the man inside the shack but one or both of the other two might still be alive. Let's go, he said to Stormy, and he guided the Appaloosa over the brink and down the steep slope of the ridge. Stormy handled challenges such as this as if he were part mountain goat, picking his way down the incline with relative ease. Frank let the horse have his head. He knew that Stormy could be trusted. After a few minutes they reached the floor of the valley, Frank heeled the Appaloosa into a fast trot toward the blazing cabin. When they got there, he reined in and swung down out of the saddle almost before Stormy stopped moving. Frank's right hand hovered near the well-worn walnut grips of his colt as he approached the nearer of the two men on the ground. The man lay on his belly, and now Frank could see the large red stains on the back of his vest. A pool of blood had collected underneath him as well. The man had been shot through the body five or six times, maybe more. There was no way he could still be alive. Heat from the flames beat at Frank's face as he hurried over to the second man. This one lay on his side, curled up almost as if he were simply sleeping. His shirt was bloody, too, but there didn't seem to be as much gore. Frank knelt, his eyes narrowing in discomfort from the heat, and felt for a pulse in the man's neck. He found one, faint and thready, but still there. The fire was close enough so that the wounded man's eyebrows and some of his hair had been singed off. That added to the stink in the air. Frank hooked his hands under the man's arms and pulled him farther away from the flames, not stopping until a cool breeze blew over them both. In his delirium, the man muttered something that Frank couldn't make out. Frank eased the man's head to the ground. There was a bloodstain on his left side— another on his right shoulder, yet another on his right thigh. He had been hit three times. Frank pulled up the man's shirt to check the wound in his side. It was a deep one, angling in, and there was no exit wound on his back. The slug was still in him somewhere. It had probably struck a rib and splintered, shattering the bone in the process and doing God knows how much other damage. Frank didn't figure the fellow had much time left. He whistled, and Stormy came trotting over. Frank straightened and got his canteen off the saddle. He knelt again, uncorked the canteen, and held it to the man's lips, letting a little water trickle into his mouth. The man sputtered and coughed and came awake. He sucked greedily at the canteen for a second or two before weakness overcame him, and his head fell back. "'Breaking?' he gasped. Frank glanced at the dead man. "'If that was one of your pards, I'm afraid they've crossed a divide, fellow.' One shot up real bad in front of the cabin, and the other still inside. 
The wounded man closed his eyes and let out a groan. Sandy, he said, and Frank realized that was what he had said a few moments earlier as Frank was dragging him away from the inferno that until recently had been a lion shack. Is that who did this to you? His riders. Am I gonna be all right? I don't know, Frank said honestly. I'm not a doctor. Doesn't look good, though. Them sons of bitches. They shot Wardell through the window, set the sack on fire. Me and Bregan stood it as long as we could, and we come out shooting. Bastards was waiting for us, cut us down. That was what Frank figured had happened here. And now the guess had been confirmed. He had known from the start that white men had done this. In the past, Apaches had burned plenty of isolated cabins in Arizona territory, but Geronimo, the last of the war chiefs...